everyone. Thank you for joining and welcome to Beauty in Focus, a virtual content series that explores medical aesthetics and all things modern beauty. My name is Carolyn Sue. I'm the head of content here at Real Self and I will be your moderator today. Today's episode is all about microneedling and PRP injections, which are two buzzed about skincare treatments that can deliver some pretty impressive results with minimal downtime. So our panel of beauty experts are gonna cut through the hype to explain everything you've wanted to know about both of these in-office procedures, uh, as well as when you might wanna combine them. And you've probably heard about the vampire facial and you'll get to learn about how they work, uh, what they actually feel like, the results they deliver for, for your face and skin. So please join me in welcoming our guests today. We have Leah McSweeney, TV personality, entrepreneur and streetwear pioneer. Welcome. Thank you. We have Dr. Tingetti, a Sacramento, California-based board-certified dermatologist. Nice to see you here today. Good afternoon. And we have Erica Martin, Senior Education Manager at SkinCeuticals. Welcome back to our panel. Thank you for having me back. So we so fun to, to chat skincare <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, so let's get started. Let's first talk about microneedling, the treatment. So uh, the concept of intentionally having your face poked at with tons of needles can definitely seem a little bit strange. Um, I've tried it, I love it. But the first time I heard it, I was like, is this like a quilting technique? Is this a sewing technique? Or is this a skincare procedure, right? So to kick us off, I love to have Dr. Tengeti just give us a quick rundown on exactly what is microneedling and explain why all those needle pokes are actually a good thing. Well, I mean, what microneedling is all about, it's really about what we call wounding. When you make a wound in the skin, it elaborates growth factors that immediately go to repair. So what you're trying to do is create an injury, and you're hoping that the repair circumvents the injury, repairs the injury, but also gives you a boost. In other words, makes growth factors that produce new collagen, elastic tissue, mucin, the other components that make skin look young, vibrant, and healthy. So you're actually wounding the skin and then triggering your skin to heal itself and maybe come out on the other side looking even better. Well, it's the basis of most of the cosmetic procedures we do today with lasers and devices. You look at lasers, what do they do? They heat, they, they wound, and then you make an injury that repairs. And the hope is that by repetitive injury, you can make the skin look better, younger, by using the body's ability to heal, to produce all these factors that make our skin look good. And what kind of skin uh, concerns can you treat with microneedling, generally speaking? Well, there's an incredible number of things that we can do. You have sun-damaged skin, which includes fine lines, coarse lines, solar elastosis, which is that pebbling in the skin, which include pigmentation, which include freckling and, and, a number, and little dilated blood vessels. So you're trying to look at the whole array of things. Some things will work better than others, but the idea is to, to address these by different wounding, wounding mechanisms. So Leah, you've tried microneedling before. What, what made you want to try it? Uh, what did you see in your skin that you thought this would be really great for you? So I am somewhat of like a skincare fanatic and <laughs> I will try and do anything 
in order to get me closer to having, you know, perfect skin, as close to perfect as I can get. So my dermatologist, Dr. Rita Linkner, um, has suggested Vivace because I, you know, am filming the show. I don't get a lot of downtime. And even on my off time, when I'm not filming the show, I still have a very busy schedule. It's not like I can do something and, you know, just have downtime for two weeks. It's not possible. So when she told me about Vivace, at first I didn't believe her because she said, there's literally zero downtime. You're going to actually like the way your skin looks right after it. And I was like, okay, she's totally lying. And she just wants to get me to do this. I get it, but let me just try it. And afterwards, I actually like the way my skin looks right afterwards better than I do when it finally wears off because it's glowing and plump and pink and beautiful and not too pink, just like a nice kind of sun-kissed glow. But I really wanted to, and especially being on TV and there's HD and all that, and that can be very scary, let me tell you. So large pores, I really wanted to work on. I also have um, freckles and I have pigmentation issues on my skin. Like it's a lot darker here where it used to be like around my nose or my, my T-zone kind of area. And um, just texture, you know, like old acne and like just pores, a lot of poor, poor issues. And it really, really, I mean, it actually shrinks my pores. Like it has shrunk in my pores and it has really changed my skin. And I've done a lot of different stuff. This is definitely something that I can continue to get because of the no downtime. And it sounds like you just get glowy, uh, a glow right away. So you get short-term results as well as it sounds like long-term results too. I mean, absolutely. Yep. And what about you, Erica? Have you um, tried microneedling? I tried microneedling. <laughs> <laughs> I love microneedling um, the patient. I love to perform microneedling as an esthetician. I feel like microneedling is one of those kind of memes where it's like it can fix anything. Um, it's really great for whatever your skin concern for the most part. If you have those anti-aging concerns, fine lines and wrinkles, discoloration, a loss of radiance, laxity, microneedling really can help to improve the appearance of so many things and is appropriate for so many people that it's really one of those somewhat universal treatments. Um, and it's beautiful. And you look, as Leah said, amazing when it's over, but then that sort of collagen synthesis really does work for you even more long-term. So it's great in the beginning and then it continues to get great. And so um, I love microneedling. <laughs> I feel you like- know, I think Leah said something very interesting and she was talking about downtime. And my patients are telling us that downtime is a big deal. They cannot be out of the workplace for more than a few hours. And so we're looking at procedures that permit someone like Leah and Erica to go back to work. And so what we're looking at in microneedling and other procedures that we can add with it are things that we can do to have an immediate effect. They look good. And as a series of treatments go, they will look better. But again, they're able to function. We don't have four to five days where they have to be sequestered and out of, out of work. That's income. That's you know, lack of relationships, lack of business. So again, low downtime is the talk of the day. Absolutely. And I feel like I would definitely echo everyone's sentiment here, which is your skin just gets this like beautiful radiance. You can't really like pinpoint it, but you can just like stare at yourself in the mirror all day, right? Because you're like, why does my skin look so good? <laughs> so, um, so Dr. Tangetti, you have a, a panel of 
fans here, would you say that what we're saying echoes uh, closely with like what your patients say uh, about like their results? And, um, you know, how many, uh, you know, sessions do you recommend that patients have for microneedling to kind of maintain their results? Is it a quick fix? Is it a long-term play? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think it depends what kind of microneedling you're doing. Certainly, uh, what Leah and the others have had is Vivace, which is RF microneedling, where you add radio frequency, which I think enhances the results from just plain microneedling. So, I mean, it's a procedure where you add a heat component with the RF that really, I think, changes this dynamic and enhances the results. So, what, what they're saying is, is correct. The factors that they put on afterwards, whether it's the serum that helps, whether it's the factors the next day, it could be C-Perulic, it could be trilipid cream that we use, things that we use to make the skin hydrated, look good, and when we create that wound, it lets the wound heal and over a period of time, release those factors that rejuvenate. So you get the products that, and the procedure that gives you the immediate improvement, but it's those other things that over a period of time and with a series of repetitive treatments gives you a more enhanced and a more long-lived result. So speaking of products, Erica, uh, what are some products that people can use or uh, bring with them or use after that can either help with downtime or maybe enhance their results? Of course, you know that products are my favorite part of the discussion. <laughs> um, so we have a couple of different things here at SkinCeuticals. We have products that are ideal to use during or post-treatment immediately and then products that are really great to begin, say, 24 hours later. Um, one of the things with microneedling is you're opening up those channels. And so we do want to be cautious on what products go onto the skin while the channels are open. And that really is the, that is the decision of your professional, the person doing the treatment. They know the depth of the treatment. They know you as a person. So they'll let you know what's important to put on the skin during and immediately post. But at SkinCeuticals, our Hydrating B5 Gel is one product that has been proven safe to use both during the treatment and immediately. So you can use as much of that hydrating B5 gel as you want and immediately post all that night to really give your skin that. We call that product a drink of water for your skin because it really just gives you that boost of hydration. And then starting the next day, so that very next day, I think C. ferulic, we talk about that a lot, is ideal. That L-ascorbic acid really does aid with the wound healing, and it's just an excellent product to adopt in your skincare routine, but it has been proven really effective post-procedure. So I love that one. And then we've already mentioned Triple Lipid Restore 242. That's great to start 24 hours uh, post as well, because it really does help to nourish and hydrate the skin. It can be beneficial when you've had that treatment done. So hydrating B5 gel immediately and then see ferulic and triple lipids starting the next day, beautiful skincare routine to do with microneedling. And is it you true know, that because one, you're- one I'd, like, I'd like to add to that. And that is if you're doing microneedling and if you're doing it on your own at home, be careful. Be careful, number one, that you do it safely, that you do it cleanly and ster sterilely. You don't wanna do it yourself and infect yourself. And be careful what products you put on afterwards because some have been, are not meant to go on skin with an open wound. And if you're unsure and you wanna use something, you could use petrolatum, Vaseline, you could use Aquaphor, but be careful of some of these other cosmeceuticals that have not been cleared to be used in an open wound. 
Um, so Leah, tell us about what your experience was like getting Vivachi. Like, did it hurt? Um, how long did it take? You know, were you nervous going into it? Um, just kind of walk us through what your appointment looked like. Okay. I, um, I was not nervous because no pain, no gain. I truly believe that. I mean, even when I get a facial, if there's not a lot of pain or bruising, then I don't feel like I got a good facial. So I was not worried about the pain at all. And it, it didn't hurt. You know, you get a numbing cream put on you and you wait for about maybe uh, 20 to 30 minutes, depending on, I think, what your pain tolerance level is. Like you can wait longer and have your skin even more numb. And I think Dr. Rita probably went over about like two different times or three different times. And it didn't take more than the process itself, uh, maybe a half hour. And that's it. I mean, it's very, very simple. It's very easy. For me, the pain wasn't bad. Look, I think maybe if you didn't get the numbing cream on, um, then it probably doesn't feel great. Like I said, no pain, no gain. And compared to other like things I've done in the past, I've done lasers, I've done all that. It's just such a less um, invasive type of process. So even not only the pain is less, but like we are, we're talking about before the downtime is so much less, like you can just go out and then go shopping afterwards or go to a meeting or do whatever you need to do. So, and then afterwards, you don't wash your face that night, but there's, um, you know, they give you a serum to put on and you put it on in the morning and then the next day you put it on and you use it until the serum, there's no more of it. And it's just very simple. It's very straightforward and it's just great overall. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Changeda, you actually have the Vivachi applicator, right? So we can kind sure. of show our viewers what the tool itself looks like. So this is a picture of the needles that you can see. And these go in and out. They're done on a hydraulic motor that li gently lifts it and gently pushes it in. It's done seamlessly so it doesn't hurt and it's not painful that way when it's done this way. There are other needles that aren't as sharp. They're needles that sometimes go in jerky and they do hurt. So the idea is, is you, get, you gotta have a machine that works, that's been tested and a provider that knows what they're doing. And what Leah described in terms of the of the anesthetic requirements, as she said, they're, they're sufficient. And this doesn't have to be a painful procedure. I understand no pain, no gain, but I don't, we don't wanna hurt patients. In fact, we put the numbing cream on and then often after, we can do a procedure on top of it. We often do a, 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 a you know, light CO2, which is called a cool pill. We can do an IPL treatment. We can do a fractional picosecond treatment. So we can actually enhance the results of Vivachi by doing another device with the anesthetic that previously was in place and, and enhance our results. You know, well, I, now I want to go get that done. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm only getting one thing. Are you kidding me? I need to just double up next time. <laughs> yeah, while I'm numb, just load me up on whatever you can do. <laughs> exactly. Which actually was uh, such a great lead into my next question, which is we talked about combining radial frequency with microneedling. What are some other treatments that we can combine, you know, uh, in the same appointment, for example? Well, I mean, th there's a whole list of things that you can do. There's PRP, which has become the latest buzzword these days. And again, that's using someone's own blood products, their platelet factors that are loaded with growth factors that help rejuvenate. So that's one option. It involves taking some blood, spinning it down, and then using it either on the surface 
or if you're doing hair restoration, you could inject it in the scalp. So those are things that are being done. There's probably more data with hair restoration than there is by using it in concert with microneedling, but people do do this. I have a different view, and my view is if, if it's going to cost a certain amount of money, what are my patients going to get the best value in? And so we typically would say, look, we can do all these things, but maybe if you have, for instance, dispigmentation, discoloration of your skin, if you have more in the way of superficial wrinkles, maybe we could add a, a light CO2, a tholium procedure, or something such as that, or a picosecond procedure with the picosure to enhance our results. And I think my patients get more value using it in this approach to, to better rejuvenate their skin and handle the you know, multiple things because by combining them, you could further enhance your results. Mm -hmm. But is there a point where we can like go a little overboard? Like what are some safety, you know, some safety mechanisms that should be in play? Like are there things you cannot combine? <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think the safety mechanism and trigger should be your provider. Your provider should really know what's safe and what isn't safe. And if they don't know, don't, they shouldn't be doing it. And so you have to have someone that you have confidence in, someone that has experience. Certainly, all the things I talked to you about, we have done extensively. And in fact, we were, Vivace was the biggest thing for us for about three years, but then our patients were saying, what else can we do? Like Leah was questioning, what else can we do? And so what we started to do, very gingerly add these things and found where the safe points were and where they were not. And we practices, you know, use the best practices to enhance this. And so, again, this de depends upon a good relationship with your provider and a provider that knows what they're doing and that you have confidence in. Yeah. And so we touched on it a little bit briefly, uh, but let's talk about PRP because I think it's super, super buzzy. I mean, Kim Kardashian, you know, it's all over the internet with like blood all over her face. And, um, and it's also like, I think a lot of consumers look at PRP and they think it's, hey, it's natural, right? Because it's my own, uh, it's my own blood. Um, so Dr. Tangetti, let's talk a little bit about like, why would some consumers maybe want to use their blood, own blood as a, as a beauty treatment? What are some of the benefits of PRP? I know you touched a bit on hair restoration. Uh, what about for like skincare? Well, you know, and, and this is where sometimes the hype has gone faster than the data that's been generated. People have attempted with good science to say what's fact and what's fiction by controlled studies. The problem is there are not a lot of controlled studies. So part of this is the experience with your provider and for those of us that are looking for data. So uh, I, I think that it's, it's confusing. It's confusing to the patient. It's confusing to the provider. There's certainly an economic benefit for those that do it, the providers. They charge more, they make money. But at the end of the day, I think our biggest obligation is to give patients products and procedures that we know work. And so I'm at, at sometimes when it comes to looking at this, I, I, I must say I have to go back to the science and say, what, what can I, what, where do we have data and what can I do? And unfortunately, with PRP as it stands right now, especially when combining it with devices, we don't have as much data as, as would be ideal to, to make sure that what we're saying is absolutely accurate and correct. Does it hurt people? The answer is no. I don't think it hurts people at all. The question is, is the money spent best used in that way? 
and that's where I, I think that, uh, you know, I have a certain feeling and, and, and other people do as well. So I think that part of it depends upon a conversation and your rela relationship with your provider. Leah or Erica, have either of you tried PRP, whether it's microneedling or in a different uh, use before? No, I haven't. And now I'm happy I haven't. <laughs> We haven't tried it either and a lot of what we just spoke about is why that you hear some people that swear by it but for the most part I think it's inconsistent and I've just always found that doing those proven procedures along with those proven at-home skincare products have provided a result that was great you know that you get those maximum uh, results for most patients I've seen that in myself and in patients that I've served or I've seen come through practice um, we really have enough out there that's proven um, to invest our dollars in what's proven versus investing our dollars in things that are kind of hit and miss. And that's how I've always seen it as well. So it was really exciting to hear you, doctor, talk about that uh, and echo that because um, that, that's exactly how I viewed it as well. And it's always um, good to know that products and procedures can go hand in hand. And I think that gives us the best results overall. Mm -hmm. You know, and to follow up on what Erica just said, she said the word proven, and I like that word because, you know, it, it, we, we want to have validated things that we do that we know work. And one thing, and it's probably the best kept secret, is the use of retinoids, topical vitamin A derivatives. We have a number of prescriptive ones. We have tazeratine. We have tretinoin. We have, and then we have the newer enhanced versions, such as Araslo, such as Altrino, that we could use that, again, give us help with the rejuvenation aspect. Retinoids do help rejuvenate. They produce new collagen, elastic tissue, mucin. They're safe. They can be used over many years. And we know that, that they help rejuvenate the skin and they don't create a problem. The issue with some growth factors is growth factors make things grow and repair. But if you do have something on your skin like a cancer or precancer, it is conceivable that if you're using growth factors that you can make things grow. And you don't want to make precancers or skin cancers grow. So this is something you want to team up with your, your provider with. This is something you want to make sure that before you use these, you have somebody look at you. But again, I think retinoids are the, one of the things that we could use, especially with good cleansing, good moisturization, and other things that can be used for pigment. Retinoids are a very integral and important part of that. And would you combine retinoids with um, a microneedling treatment or would you advise that, you know, patients wait like a few days after their treatment before either starting or resuming retinoids? Well, we combine it virtually all the time. And again, I think if I'm going to give my patients every tool in the toolbox to get results, retinoids are going to be part of it. But what I do is I use it before. We stop until the barrier function of the skin has been restored, and that's 48 hours or so, and then we resume the retinoids after that. If they're flaky, if they're dry, we lay off a few days, and we use uh, good moisturization. And Erica's Trilipid is an incredible moisturizer, and in fact, it's my favorite. So again, moisturization is an incredibly important part of this whole product gamut and what we do with other other things and the moisturizations help us use our retinoids by en enhancing barrier function. Leah, your skin is amazing. It's like beyond. I can't stop staring at it. Um, what are some of the ingredients? Uh, have you found any like holy grail ingredients that you use? Well, it's funny because um, like uh, we were talking about 
you know, Retin-A and, and that is just something I swear by and have been using for a long time on my skin every night. Yeah. Yep. Because it is proven. It really is proven. And I mean, I've, I've been using that for years and years. So, um, in terms of like the Holy grail. So actually I will say this, my skin really improves when I stopped using, and this can be like a little controversial because everyone has their own opinions on this. And also I find that like, I have a dermatologist, Dr. Rita, and then I have a facialist and one is a little bit more natural kind of deal. And then Dr. Rita is a doctor. So I had been using oils on my face and I already have oily skin. I have acne prone skin. I was on Accutane two different times in my life and I was using oil and I, you know, I was breaking out, um, from time to time, nothing crazy, but when Dr. Rita looked in my medicine cabinet and she saw that I was using oil, she was like, you cannot be using oils. So I was sad to stop using them because there are so many amazing oils and so many amazing oil products out there that I love, but are just not good for my skin per se. Once I stopped using oil on my face, my skin improved dramatically, like the pore size and everything. So that was a major game changer for me. I, I'd love to just sort of um, echo that, Leah, because I think what you just said is the most important thing when it comes to anything in aesthetics, but products specifically, where there are so many great products out there, but not everything is great for everybody. And so you use something because you hear great things about it and you really want to, but it doesn't work for you. And that's okay. Um, the retinol, that is a staple. So vitamin C, vitamin A, and sunscreen. Those are sort of those three things that are the most important anti-aging pieces we can put to our puzzle. And beyond that, you have to just find what works for you. And if it doesn't work for you, stop it, try something else. And that's where having that relationship with the professional. I feel like I say it every time we have one of these panels, because it really is the most important thing, having that relationship with a professional who can look at you and say, exactly as you described Leah, that your doctor did, yeah, this is great, but it's not great for you. Um, and that's where you really want to find what's right for you. So I love that you said that it makes me so happy because I hear all the time where it's like, oh, but my friend uses it and they love it. Mm -hmm. And it's not about that. It's about you and everyone's an individual. So, um, you know, what works for your skin, but retinol is tried and true. Vitamin C is tried and true. And then of course, sunscreen, we can't talk about the most important ingredients without that. <laughs> oh, of course. Right. And so that's an all year round ingredient too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of seasonality. Um, so it sounds like, you know, microneedling could be an option for, uh, patients of various concerns. Um, is it also appropriate to get like any time of the year or there, certain, you know, uh, like in the summer, for example, are you, when you're more exposed to sun, do you kind of advise that patients maybe wait until uh, the colder seasons or what are your thoughts um, on that? My thoughts in terms of rejuvenation, I think any time of year is good to rejuvenate, okay? It depends what devices you're using. With RF microneedling, uh, since we're not having to shoot through melanin, melanin is the tan of your skin. If you're using a laser that's absorbed by melanin, it could be a problem. But for what we're doing, no. Microneedling, RF microneedling, it's not a problem to do it in the summer. But you want to protect yourself. And if I could say if there was a hierarchy of things that I would do in terms of, of, of preventing aging, sunscreens is right up there at number one, okay? Because if you protect, 
You're not going to damage. If you don't damage, your body could catch up with its own repair mechanisms. But if you keep blasting it with sun, if you keep damaging it, understand that damage needs to be repaired, and you don't want to circumvent that. And the older you get, the less vibrant do you have repair. Repair diminishes with age. So the idea is, is protect yourself. And again, the mineral-based sunscreens, not the chemical-based sunscreens, are really the cornerstones here. Avobenzone, oxybenzone, hard to put on because they, they react and they're very reactive in the skin. In fact, if you go to Hawaii, you can't use them because they kill coral. And if they're killing coral, I don't know how good they are for you. So again, the mineral-based sunscreen is absolutely essential. And you want to try to get them if you're out and active. Get a water-resistant one because that's going to stick and give you the protection you're looking for. So again, no, I don't have trouble doing it during the time of year, but I have people treat their skin with respect that, you know, we don't want you to go out there and getting a sunburn. Sunburn is the worst. Cumulative sun exposure is a problem, but again, you could protect yourself through that. And it's, But again, if you're going to go on a vacation the next day, you probably want to wait. You want to do it after you return and give your, give your skin a good week or so after the procedure to go about your activity in terms of you know, vigorous outdoor exercise and things such as that. And what about age? Is there an ideal age that you recommend people should start looking into this treatment? Well, I think that, you know, if I was to say the ideal age, I would say most of my patients, it really starts late 40s, early 50s, and then goes to an indefinite period of time where they, you know, patients want to, to, to look good and right around 40 to 50, they, they start to become more concerned. Some a little younger, especially with acne scars. Acne scar people want to start a little earlier because, you know, they want to try to blend the blemishes. And I think Vivace, and it's a great procedure to, to help because RF microneedling does cause collagen remodeling down deeper. So, again, I would say 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, sometimes 80s. So, again, it depends on where the patients are at and what their motivations are, but Again, it's, you know, rejuvenation uh, exists most of the times. I'm not doing it in patients that are younger in the 20, 20s and sometimes even in the 30s unless they have acne scars. Interesting. Well, I think I got a head start because I got my first microneedling in my 30s. And I think after this panel, I'm definitely ready for another <laughs> appointment. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you look terrific just like you are right now. You look absolutely outstanding. <laughs> Oh, you know, I think you need to use some of Erica's products, though. Her products are absolutely terrific. I, I, I used to eat for like this morning, Erica. <laughs> I said I used to eat for like this morning. I actually store mine in the fridge. I don't know if you're supposed to or not, but I was like, it'll make it last longer. And I put some on my face because I had to be on camera today. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's one of those things where if you store it room temperature on your bathroom counter, just out of a window, cool, dark place, it is going to give you the lifespan that it needs to work, get you through the bottle. Um, so no, you don't need to refrigerate it, um, but. <laughs> it feels nice though, but note it. I'll move it to the bathroom where I'll use it more often, even more often. <laughs> That's right, put it right there by your toothbrush. So you know, every morning, brush the teeth, see you ferulic. That's your morning exactly. routine. <laughs> Well, I really enjoyed this panel. I loved it because I felt like we really stuck to the science. We stuck to like what worked. We definitely debunked a whole bunch of stuff that maybe people see on the internet. 
um, but don't really know, you know, hey, is this proven or not? And so I, I love that. And thank you so much to all of our panelists for just sharing your experience and your wisdom. Um, so thank you so much. And uh, thank you, of course, to our viewers today as well. We hoped that uh, it was informative and that you, you learned something about how to take care of your skin. And please make sure to follow Real Self on Instagram at Real Self. And of course, stay tuned for more beauty and focus episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.